So today I'm going to be talking about the four benefits of isolation. So we have been a little bit in our homes a little bit more than we're used to. And my wife, um, earlier this week, as we were spending more time together, she says, oh, I'm going to need the grace of God. And so <laughs> maybe some of you are feeling that way. Those of you who have kids at home more than you're used to being around your children, you're probably saying, I need God's grace in this um, situation in this time. But I want to let you know there are some benefits of this isolation time because it's going to prepare us for what's next. And I want you to be paying attention. And again, if you have something you can write on, these are going to be really important things to think about, but also write down. The governor uh, this past Thursday announced that Friday we would be going into a stay-at-home order until May 4th. That means that we at least have uh, four weeks, four and a half weeks of knowing that we're going to be spending more time at home, more time away from other people. And, and I, I, I know when I first heard that, I felt like this little bit like suffocating feeling of like, oh no, <laughs> we're going to be locked inside. But you don't have to be locked inside. There's things we can do. But definitely, uh, don't be anxious. Don't get stressed. Because this time, God is giving us this time actually as a gift for us and, and it's going to help prepare us for what's next, what comes after coronavirus, because there's going to be something that comes after this. We'll talk about that. So I, I want to look at this, have us look at this situation just a little bit differently today. Just a little bit differently, if, we, if instead of you thinking about how am I going to get through these next four or five weeks or however long it carries on for, do I have enough toilet paper? Do I have enough food in the, um, in the shelves? You know, we're thinking about our homes, which is okay, but I want us to begin shifting our thinking from how are we going to get through this to saying, what is God preparing me for? What's God preparing me for? It's not a time, you'll see this on your screen, it's not a time to panic or to pause. It's a time to press into God. So in your homes, when you're watching this right now, wherever you are watching this, I want you to just say, press into God. Press into God. See, it's not a time to panic. Don't go out there hoarding. Don't go out there in panic mode. I've been communicating with several of you really struggling through anxiety right now. We're praying for you. We're praying for you. But it's not a time to panic. It's not. And it's not a time to go pause. Like, hey, this is like an extended vacation. Pause. Everything else is closing down. I can slow down my life. Okay, it's great. It's slowing it down. It's not pause, though. It's not pause time. It's a time to press into God. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, If you seek me, you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. The, the interesting thing about how to emerge out of coronavirus COVID-19, on the backside of this, in a way that we're prepared, begins by seeking the heart of God. Because God, he's not caught off guard by this. He's not surprised by any of this. And actually, he's using it to accomplish something. He, he uses all things, even bad things. He's, he's not causing this to take place. But he uses everything to emerge something that's beautiful on the backside of it. And we want to position and posture ourselves to receive what God has on the backside. But it first starts by seeking God. 
If you look through the Bible, you'll understand that there's always a very significant event that takes place after a time of isolation. And here we are, we're in a place of isolation. And the backside of this, there has a possibility, there's a potential. Well, there is, we know it's going to be something. We just don't know quite what that is. But God always uses a time of isolation to produce something on the back end. Look at this. Moses was isolated in the desert before he began to see God speak to him in the burning bush. And then he led the children of Israel out of Egypt from captivity. Isolation. Now, his was long. His was a long time. Years. Not months like we're having to walk through or weeks like we're having to walk through. David. David was isolated as a shepherd boy. Now, as a shepherd, you're away from people, right? He was isolated in the hills looking after sheep where God built up his courage so that what? He could take down Goliath as a young boy. Take down this giant. Or the time that David was hiding in a cave, isolated, away from people, having to run for his life, hiding into a cave. And that was just before he then became king over Israel. Or Joseph. Remember the Joseph who was, who was imprisoned and God began to speak to him in dreams while he was in a prison, but it was the actually God speaking that allowed him to be released. And then he became the governor of the most powerful nation at the time, Egypt. Or how about this one, the children of Israel that we just spoke of. They spent time isolated in the desert 40 years before they actually moved into the promised land, but it was in that 40 years that God was speaking to them. The tabernacle was built and the, the cloud by day, the fire by night, and God was with them and speaking with them and that brought them through these difficult seasons and times, what, on the back end of it for a promised land? Or how about this, Jesus isolated. He went off into the wilderness for 40 days. And that was the, the beginning after those 40 days of his ministry on earth. Or how about that time where he was isolated in a garden for hours, agonizing over the events which were to come, which was his crucifixion. But it was actually in this crucifixion that brought life to everybody who believed in him, a connection to God that people weren't able to have before. And this last one, this last one, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. The isolation of the upper room. After Jesus left this earth, he said, go and wait in this upper room. Ten days, ten days, his disciples waited in a room. I felt like us, right? We're, we're waiting in our houses. We're waiting, we're isolated in our houses. Here, ten days, isolated in the upper room, and then the Holy Spirit comes to earth in a powerful, magnificent way that, that changed everything because it was the very birth of the church of Jesus Christ that took place with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that fell down upon the disciples and empowered them to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is something significant following this COVID-19 pandemic. But if we need to look at it differently, not just in a moment in time to say, we just need to look after our house and we need to fill our time with something and we just need to get preoccupied. How are we gonna get through this? But if we press into God and say, God, you are doing something in preparation for what's next, 
then we begin to look at isolation as actually a gift for us that we can begin using that time to prepare ourselves to hear God's voice a little bit louder, to have in our heart a posture ready to receive what God is doing. Okay, so remember, it's not time to panic or to pause, but a time to press into God. But here we go. The four benefits of isolation. You're going to write these down. Benefit number one, isolation removes distraction. Isolation removes distraction. Why did God bring people into a place of confinement or isolation before he used them? I believe it was to remove the distractions around them so they can easily begin to hear his voice. Our world is seemingly getting smaller, right? Because we are in our homes a little bit more. The activities are less. We're not running to dance classes, sporting events, or this or that, or the meetings, right? It's, well, maybe you've been on a lot of Zoom meetings lately. But our activity has gotten less. So God has been removing the distraction so we can begin to hear a little bit clearer. Number two, number two, isolation helps you to be still, still. There's a scripture in Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, be still, be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Interestingly, the exaltation of who God is, is after the being still. After the being still. Be still and know. The interesting thing also in this is the stillness allows us to then to know. Be still and know. So when you're still, don't try to be thinking about filling up all your time, your downtime, with activities just to keep your mind going. It's like, how am I going to get through this? Think about being still and beginning to know God. Use this time to get to know God. Be still and know. And then his name will be exalted among the earth. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, it says, But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But those who wait. See, there's something about waiting, stillness and waiting that builds us up, that helps us begin to have confidence in the Lord and not shake and tremble during this time. So if you're feeling anxiety, if you're feeling fear, if you're feeling so unsure about the future. I'm unsure, what the, honestly, about what the future holds too. But one thing I'm not unsure of, I'm confident in God. I'm confident in Jesus Christ, who is in control, who is our Savior, who is on the throne. But it's those who wait in the Lord, who wait for the Lord. Our strength gets renewed. So spend time waiting on God. Waiting for God. See, it's in the waiting. It's in the waiting. Be still and know. It's in the waiting. Number three, isolation helps you focus on what is important. See, our culture is very urgent or was very urgent. 
We have to do this, we have to go there, we have to be there, we have to do this, we have to post this, we have to perform, we have to go, go, go. But let me tell you what, what urgency does. Urgency displaces right priorities. Let me say that again. Urgency displaces right priorities. We call that the tyranny of the urgent in business terms. You can get so distracted on what's urgent in front of you that you actually put down the very things that are important, the right priorities. And I would say the things that we need to be focusing on are the things that are permanent and the things that are eternal. The things that are permanent and the things that are eternal, not temporal. What's permanent? One, and what's eternal? One, our relationship with God and our relationship with others. Our relationships, I don't know if you realize that, are eternal relationships. And our life with God, if you know Jesus, then you have a relationship with God. That's eternal. That's eternal. So why are we spending and why were we spending so much time on things that were so temporal? And I know, I know we're having to build new rhythms and new routines in life. But maybe use this time, and we talked a little bit about that in a previous message, but use this time to reprioritize some things. In Luke chapter 12, I think this is very interesting that Jesus would give the parable of the rich fool. This is what Jesus says, red letters in my Bible, Luke chapter 12 and verse 16. It says, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. He starts by saying that. It's like you're so busy working, chasing after just so you can have something, a possession. But the reality, we're finding our possessions end up possessing us. And we're not as free as we think we are. But then he's going on and Jesus talks about, and I encourage you to read this yourself this week, Luke chapter 12. But then he goes on to say, there's this rich man who had an abundance of crops. And then the rich man decided, I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my other barns. I'll build bigger barns. I'll store all of my, uh, my grain. And therefore, I can sit and relax. And I don't need to worry about a whole lot. I can eat, I can drink, I can relax, be merry. But God said to him this, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? Something about preparation here, but he was preparing for the wrong thing. Who shall they be? Then it goes on to say, so is the one who lays up a treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God is the one that he's calling a fool. Now, every single one of us in a Western culture, myself included, can find it so easily distracted by temporal things, right? We have a mortgage to pay, we have cars, we've got you know, schooling, we've got retirement, we've got a fund, we've got all these things that we've got to, and none of them are wrong unless they become a wrong priority. Here he's saying, 
You know what? You were so concerned about the temporal things that you forgot to put the focus on something that was eternal. And the eternal thing is your life is going to be asked of you tomorrow. And guess what? You're not even ready. You're not even ready to meet God because you've been so focused on the temporal. So isolation helps us focus on what's important. That third benefit of isolation helps us focus. I want to encourage you begin to say, is, is my soul right with God? Are my relationships right? Number four, isolation gives you time to prepare. Number four, isolation gives you time to prepare. I believe that we have a window of opportunity. We know that we have four weeks, five weeks, that life is going to be different. It might go longer. But there's a window of opportunity that somehow our entire world has been rocked and we're shocked and we're in this disruptive time. And I have to ask God, what are you doing? I don't believe God's causing this, but I do know that God always works something significantly after a major event like this. I don't know how long this window will be, but let's take the moment in time that we were to focus on these things, that we were to look at these benefits of what God has given us as this time to, to prepare. So the question is, is God getting us ready for something? And what is the something? Is God getting us ready for something? And what is the something? Well, I can't really tell you exactly what it is. But God knows, and I would like to be on God's side when it all comes down, right? I want to be on God's side. Not trusting my own life, not my own thinking, not my own way, not trusting the media, not trusting in all of these other institutional things. Now, those are rules and laws of the land. We need to follow those. But what I'm saying is, who do we put our trust in? Hey, the last time I checked on our money, if we still are going to be using paper money after this, who knows? <laughs> on our money, it says, in God we trust. In God we trust. In our government buildings, we find that these inscriptions says, in God we trust. In these moments, this is we need to be refocused and re maybe reminded that it's God we trust. So what is God giving us a window of time to prepare for? What is this window that he's giving us? Let me, add, let me just give you a couple scenarios. Here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of taking a stab at some of these things. One, I know this one because his heart is that none should perish, but maybe it's a time to prepare us to have our own souls at peace with God. To have our own souls at peace with God. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? That is the one that gives you a connection to God. Maybe God's slowing you down and creating this isolation, preparing you to... Be ready to love and serve your neighbor. Have you even thought about that? And maybe God's going to start whispering to you, say, hey, you, you know your neighbor down there. They have a need. Meet that need. Maybe this isolation is a preparation to look at your career and saying, you know what? Maybe you've been doing things on your own interest of trying to make money and trying to get ahead and trying to prove yourself to somebody. But really, that's not what God has ever called you to. And maybe it's a time to reflect 
on asking God, is this where you need me to be? Maybe it's a, it's a time, this isolation is a time to put the right things back into your life. The things that you've kind of marginalized. Or that, this goes to the temporal versus eternal. The permanent versus the temporary. Maybe you need to start kind of reordering your life a little bit. And he's giving you that time to do that. Maybe he's giving you this isolation time to prepare you to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to a friend or neighbor. Have you thought of that? And again, if you're watching this and you don't know who Jesus is, I'm going to give you an opportunity here in a few moments. And then lastly, it's a real consideration. We need to think about this. I don't know, and I'm not saying it is, but, but at some point it will come. Maybe God is using this time to prepare us for the return of Jesus Christ. You see, every day we should be living our lives ready for the return of Jesus. We don't know the day or the hour. The Bible tells us we don't know that. So I'm not going to be the one to tell you this is the time or that's the time. But what I am telling you, now is the time to prepare. Amen. Now is the time to prepare. So isolation allows us to prepare. And I don't want us to lose the moment of these next five weeks or however long this goes on for. Because I want to ask you this question, are you ready for what's next? Are you ready for what's next? You need to ask that question to yourself right now. Ask yourself, wherever you're watching this right now, am I ready for what's next? And you've got to come face to face with that answer Either it's yes or no. And if you're not ready, then you need to have a few moments to think, what do I need to do in life to get myself ready? But the readiness will always point you back to a relationship with Jesus because Jesus knows. God knows what's next. You can't figure this out on your own. You need to be connected to the one who knows. So let's go over this. David, he, God establishes his kingdom rule on earth through King David. Right? Isolation to now become king. But God did a significant work to establish a kingdom here on earth through David. Joshua and Caleb, after 40 years in the desert, isolation in the desert, they bring the children of Israel into this promised land. A land flowing with milk and honey, abundance. Jesus, after his isolation... Actually, talking about isolation, Jesus was in a tomb for three days. Talk about isolation. But three days later, he walked out of there holding the keys of life and death, unleashing salvation for all humanity to have access to, their fa to God, our Father in heaven. That's what Jesus did for us after his time of isolation. And then, then in the upper room, that time of isolation in the upper room, what? God outpoured his Holy Spirit on the earth. The Holy Spirit on the earth where the church began. And now when we say that we know Jesus and Jesus lives in our heart, actually the Holy Spirit dwells in, inside of every person who believes in Jesus Christ. And if the Holy Spirit's dwelling inside of you, the Holy Spirit's going to start preparing you for what's to come. So ask God today, what do I need to do to prepare? 
What do I need to do to prepare? Isaiah 43, chapter 19, says this. Behold, I am doing a new thing. A new thing. God is saying, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I think that's fascinating where it says, do you not perceive it? I think this is what God is using this time of isolation for, that we are at a place where we can perceive, we begin to hear and sense what God is doing. He's doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? And then here he goes, I will make a way in the wilderness, a river in the desert. Basically, he's going to say, I'm going to break through this isolation time and make ways where there weren't ways before. And I'm going to do something so significant like never before. But it's going to take you and I to be prepared. I want to let you know, it's not a season to be afraid. It's not a season to be afraid. God is with us. But he does want us to be prepared. He does want us to be ready. And are you ready? Are you prepared? And if you're not, don't worry. You have a season of isolation. This is why I'm speaking to you now. This is so timely for us now because God has given us a window of being separated, of isolation, so he can do his great work in us, so we can hear the great work that God wants to do in the future. The what's next is coming. And are you ready? I'm so mindful that people who are watching this, um, a lot of new people are watching this, and so I know there are people here that are not connected to um, to this ministry at Grace Capital Church. And many family and friends who are sharing these videos, I, I really want to make sure that you know who Jesus Christ is. I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to have confidence that you know that what's your next, that if you were to leave this earth tomorrow that your soul is going to be saved. That you're in right relationship with God. Our team put together this, this resource for you and you can see the website, livingsozo.org. It's titled, Sozo, by the way, is, is a uh, Greek word for being saved and there's a lot of meanings to salvation. It's just not meaning, hey, I die, I go to heaven. That's part of it. But we walk through five sessions. By the way, it's completely free. It's just a resource for people. That if you were to walk through over these next five weeks, one of those sessions every week, yourself, but also let's say, let's say you already are a believer in Jesus Christ. Would you take a moment to share that to your Facebook to your Instagram, to any of your media outlets, share, email it to your friends, livingsozo.org. The reason being is because I believe what's next is gonna be really important for people to be able to hear God's voice. 
that they got to be in tune to what the Spirit of God is doing, and that could only happen by having a relationship with Jesus. So there's two people I'm talking with today, two audiences, if you will, those who are already in a place of knowing Jesus, and they just need a reminder to really capitalize on this time of isolation and realize there's great benefits in preparedness for what Jesus wants to do in the future. And then the next group is for those who don't even know who Jesus is yet. And by saying a simple prayer of Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I'm sorry for the things that I have done, living my own way that has caused me to sin, live selfishly and for myself. And I've hurt a lot of people. I've hurt myself. Jesus, would you forgive me? And the moment you say, will you forgive me? God wipes away all of your shame, all of your guilt, and he forgives you. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. I want you the Lord of my life. Thank you for going on the cross. That he has, when we celebrate Easter, by the way, and we're going to have to do this online again, <laughs> Easter, but we're going to celebrate what Jesus has done on the cross, but then his resurrection, which means he's conquered death. And this is what's available for you. We don't really know what happens after coronavirus. All we know is like the statistics are going higher and higher and higher, globally, 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 and the death toll is going higher, higher, higher. And I'm not going to say this to crave fear for you because we're not to be afraid, but we're to be aware and to be prepared. So in closing, here we go. The four benefits of being isolated and why can prepare us for next. There will be a next. Isolation removes distraction. Isolation helps you to be still. Isolation helps you focus on what's important. Number four, sorry, number three, focus on what's important. Number four, isolation gives us time to prepare. Are you prepared? If you've given your life to Jesus and you're going to spend time with him this week and for the weeks to come, you'll be prepared and you'll be ready. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.